0: Sure.
1: No, it's not
0: Sometimes it used to do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. You hear him something about it? Yeah.
1: Sometimes I talk to myself when I'm looking for something, you know. Okay. Um. I think this is the one we're watching, right?
2: To 2150 BC, it was the age of Taurus, the bull. From 2150 BC to 180, it was the age of Ares, the Wren. From 1 AD to 2150 AD, it was the age of Pisces, the Age of in was death. And in and out of 2150, we were at a new age, the age of Aquarius. Now, the Bible reflects, broadly speaking, a symbolic movement through three ages while foreshadowing a fourth. In the Old Testament, when Moses comes down on Mount Caroline to ten commandments, he is very upset to see his people a golden bull calf. In fact, he shattered the stone tablets and instructed his people to kill each other in order to purify themselves. Most biblical scholars will attribute this anger to the fact that the Israelites were worshiping a false idol as is not capital. The reality is the golden bull is towards the bull. And Moses went to the world. This is why being in the head is a grand point. Moses represents the new age of areas. And upon the new age, everyone must have the old age. by his disciples where the next Passover will be after he is gone. Jesus replies, Behold, when we are entered into the city there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. This scripture is by far one of the most revealing of all the astrological references. No the man bearing the pitcher of water is Aquarius, the water bearer, who is always pictured as a man pouring out a pitcher of water. He the age after and when son, the house of Aquarius. as Aquarius follows
1: I don't know. The of the I don't know
0: where it is. So that Pisces, that it's what is it? Right. What is that? You're a piece of no, your later. you going to come watch this with me? Um, Yeah, well, I was just you know, kind of get to follow the
2: The, the, the main source the of this of idea is from Matthew 28 20, where Jesus says, I will be with you even to the end of the world. However, in the King James Version, world is a mistranslation well, among many of the that. translations. Lider, I've sure, I've the actual nice word he used is like eon, which means age. I will be with you, you even to the end of the age, which is true as Jesus' solar, Piscean personification will end when the sun enters the age of Aquarius. The entire concept of end times and the end of the world is a misinterpreted astrological allegory. Let's tell that to the approximately 100 million people in America who believe the end of the world is coming. Furthermore, the character of Jesus, being a literary and astrological hybrid, is most explicitly a plagiarization of the Egyptian sun god Horus. For example, inscribed about 3,500 years ago on the walls at the temple of Luxor in Egypt are images of the Annunciation, the miracle conception, the birth, and the adoration of Horus. The images begin with thought announcing to the Virgin Isis that she was received Horus. Then you met the Holy Ghost impregnating the Virgin and then the virgin birth and the adoration. This is exactly the story of Jesus' miracle conception. In fact, the literary similarities between the Egyptian religion and the Christian religion are staggering. And the plagiarism is continuous. The story of Noah and Noah's ark is taken directly from tradition. The concept of the Great Flood is ubiquitous throughout the ancient world, and with a 200 200,000 claims in different periods of time. However, one need was no further for a pre-Christian source in the Epic of Gilgamesh, written in 2600 BC. This story talks of a great flood commanded by God, an ark with safe animals upon it, and even the release and return of its dove all held in common with the biblical story among many other similarities. And then there is the plagiarized story of Moses. Upon Moses' birth, it is said that he was placed in a meat basket instead of milk in a river near the River in San Francisco. He was later rescued by a daughter of royalty and raised by her as a prince. This baby in a basket story is listed directly from the birth of Sargon of Akkad of around 2250 BC. Far in order to avoid the sacrifice, and set of gift, the river. You can raise, keep, worry, so the Lord, no that to the heat of Furthermore, Moses' know that to give the moment the law. However, the idea
0: of a law being passed to drive for not, a, like no their the
2: in India, Manila was a great logic. In Crete, Nino descended on to kick when Luke gave him the second love. we English story to the, the common of the side in the living. My Lucy, Moses. Is a that a for far as the first we will take 1.5 in the to the but the book of the dead says, I have not fallen because God shall not fear. I have not killed because God shall not fear. I have not told lies because thou shall not bear false sickness, and forth. In fact, the Egyptian religion is likely the primary foundational basis for the Judeo-Christian theology. Baptism, after life, final judgment, virgin birth, death and resurrection, crucifixion, the Ark of the Covenant, circumcision, Savior, Holy Communion, Great Flood, Easter, Christmas, Passover, and many, many more are all attributes of Egyptian ideas long creating this growing Justin Marvel, one of the first Christian stories and offenders, wrote, When we say that he, Jesus Christ, our teacher, was produced without sexual union, was crucified and died and rose again and ascended into heaven, you have found nothing different than what you believe regarding those who do see you and Jupiter. In a different writing, Justin Marvin said, he was born of a virgin, except this in common what you believe of Christians. It's obvious that Justin and other early Christians knew how similar Christianity was to the pagan religion. However, Justin had a solution. As far as he is concerned, his devil did it. The devil had a foresight become the foresight and create these characteristics in the ending <laughs> order. Funny know what Christianity fascinating people actually believe the world. Joseph was born of a miracle birth, Jesus was born of a miracle birth. Joseph was upsell so brother, Jesus had 12 disciples. Joseph was sold to 20 pieces of silver, Jesus was sold to 30 pieces of silver. Brother Judas suggests the sale of Joseph, disciple Judas suggests the sale of Jesus. Joseph began his work at the age of 30, Jesus began his work at the age
0: of 30. Adela, go on. And on. Furthermore, is there any
2: non-biblical historical evidence of any person living with the name Jesus, the son of Mary, who traveled about with self-followers, healing, people, and the like? There are numerous historians who live in and around the Mediterranean, either during or soon after the assumed life of Jesus. How many of these historians document this figure? Not once. However, to be fair, that doesn't mean the defenders of the historical Jesus haven't claimed the contrary. Poor historians are typically referenced to justify Jesus' existence. Claiming the younger, the and Pacific are the first three. Each one of their entries consists of only a few sentences at like that, and only refers to two steps over Christ, which in fact is not a name but a title that means being born The fourth source is just Jesus. And this source has been proven to be a for hundreds of years. Sadly, it is still cited as true. in the heavens for all eyes to see and perform a wealth of miracles that claimed him would have made in these sorts of letters. It didn't because once the evidence is raised, there are very high odds that the figure known as Jesus does not even exist.
0: But we want to be factual.
2: We don't want to cause hurt theory, but we want to be academically correct and what we understand and know what we true. Christianity just yes, is not based on faith. We find that Christianity was in fact nothing more than a Roman service developed politically. The reality is Jesus was the sole deity of the martial. Christian is and like all other that he was a mythical the It was the political establishment that the to establishment that the the problem to that the problem is that the problem control. By 3.5 AD, Rome, Emperor Huntington, in the problem is that the problem meeting, that the problem is that the problem is that the problem that the problem is that the problem that the spiritual story and for the next 1,600 years the Vatican may have the political strand of war and all of the earth, leading such dread spirits as like the dark Ages, along with enlightened events such as the states and the inquisition. Christianity, along with all other religious belief systems, is the cause of the age. It serves to detach the species from the natural world, and likewise, each other. It supports strong submission to authority. It reduces human responsibility to the effect that God controls everything and requiring awful crimes to justify the merits of divine speech. And most importantly, it empowers those who know the speech It leaves the myth to manipulate and control society. The religious myth is the most powerful device ever created and serves as a psychological upon the psychological store upon which evidence is built.
3: this is go to my, now my grandmother was a wonderful person. She taught me how to play the game and let do it. That's the way it keeps going. And by the end of that summer, I was more ruthless than my family. I was ready to bend the if I had to. Do and I sat down you know, with her to play that ball. I took everything she had. I watched her give her last dollar to quit in other diseases. And then she had one more thing to do. And then she said.
0: All the railroads and utility companies, all that property, and all that wonderful money, now it all goes back in the box. None of it
3: was really good. We got all heated up about it for a while. But it was around a long time before you sat down at the board, And
2: it would be here after you're going. We'll be here you're so going. All the people, guys.
0: Work, even your the fact is that everything I trust and consume and hoard is going to go back in the box, and I'm going to lose it all.
2: You have to ask yourself, when you finally get the ultimate promotion, when you made the ultimate purchase, when you buy the
0: ultimate home, when you have stored up financial security and climbed the ladder of success to the highest one you can possibly climb, and the glory is off. And it will wear world, no then what? How far do you have to walk down that road before you see where it is? Surely, like you understand it will never be enough. So you have to ask yourself the question, what matters? Growing up in New York City, I accused the Pleasure Regions to apply. Of course, I was sent to drink. the Pleasure region, Everybody does. I said, everybody wants to leave here to flag. But that doesn't make it so. I explained that America owes everything it has to other cultures and other nations. And that I would rather Pleasure Regions to the earth. And we went on. Needless to say, it wasn't long before I left school intact, and I set up a lab in my bedroom. There, I began to learn about science and nature. I realized then that the universe is governed by laws, and that the human being, along with society itself, is not exempt from these laws. Then came the crash of 1929 which began what we now call the Great Depression. What we now call the Great Depression. I found it difficult to understand why minions were out of work, homeless, starving. While all the factories were sitting there, the resources were unchanged. It was then that I realized that the rules of the economic game were inherently invalid. Shortly after came World War II, where various nations took turns systematically destroying each other. I later calculated that all the destruction and wasted resources spent on that war could have easily provided for every human need on the planet. (laughs) Since that time, I have watched humanity set the stage for its own extinction. I have watched as the precious finite resources are perpetually wasted and destroyed in the name of profit and free market. I have watched the social dynamics of society be reduced into a base artificiality of materialism and mindless consumption. And I have watched as the monetary powers Control the political structure of supposedly free society. I'm 94 years old, and I'm afraid my disposition is the same as it was 75 years ago. The shit's got to go.
3: versus nurture, and that's at least up with like Coke versus Pepsi, or versus Trojans. So nature versus nurture This, by now utterly oversimplifying view of where influences are, influences on how a cell deals with an energy crisis, up to what makes us who we are the most individualistic level of personality. Um, mm-hmm. And what you've got is this complete false economy built around nature as deterministic, train, as the very the bottom of all the causality, like DNA and what codes poses, the holy grail, everything is driven by it. And at the other end, a much more social science perspective, which is we are social organisms, and biology is for flying molds People are free of biology, and obviously, it is it is virtually impossible to understand how biology works, how the is environment? One of the most crazy making yet widespread and dangerous notions is oh, that behavior is genetic. And what does that mean? It means all sorts of subtle stuff if you do modern biology, but for most I don't
1: cancer only seven or carry the best cancer. My age is not. And I reminded women who do have genes, not all of them have cancer.
4: Genes are not just things that make us behave in a particular way regardless of our environment. Genes give us different ways of using the cycle. The uh, affects gene expression, actually turning on and off different genes. Um, to put you on a different developmental developmental track which may suit the kind of world you've got to deal with. So, for example, uh, a study done in Montreal uh, with this subject and looked at fathers of
1: these people, and it turns out that it's big thing, these are usually young adults. As being used to so children, abuse actually caused a genetic change in the brain that was absent in the brain for people who were nothing at the time. So that's an epigenetic effect. That remains on top of it. So that the epigenetic influence so is what happens environmentally to either uh, activate or deactivate certain genes. In New Zealand, this right. is that was done in a town called UNIP, in which
3: uh, a few thousand individuals were studied from birth up to their, their 20s. What they found was that they could identify. A genetic mutation, abnormal gene, which did have some relation to the pigeon's position of the family. But only if so the individual has also been subjected to severe. Have us do knockouts. So there's this one gene that codes for protein and a protein that has something to do with learning and memory, and fabulous demonstrations knock out that gene and you have a mouse that doesn't learn as well. Ooh, the genetic basis for intelligence. What was much less appreciated in that landmark study that I mentioned, like the media like to write, is take those genetically impaired mice and gave them in a much more enriched
1: stimulating environment than your normal mice.
2: So when one says in the contemporary sense that, that, oh,
3: one reason hypothesis is potentially dangerous, besides misleading, it can really do harm. Is because if you believe, you believe that, you could very easily say, well, there's nothing we can do to change the predisposition people have to becoming violent. All we can do if somebody becomes violent is you kind know, of lock them up or execute them. But we don't need to worry about
1: ...changing the social environment or the social preconditions that may lead you to the confine, because that's your problem. In any argument, a lawless, a luxury of ignoring past and so future of the past, and the words of Freeman Ronson, the living in New Yorker, where you're speaking, he said, "...with all the genes, an explanation for the way to drive." That doesn't upset uh, the person that likes someone feel unhappy or engage in antisocial behavior. And that person is living in the freest and most nation on earth. It can't be the system. There must be a flaw in the virus that's a good way of putting it. So the genetic argument is simply a cop out uh, which allows us to ignore the social and economic and social factors that in fact underlies uh, many problems in the world. Addiction considered to be a drug-related addiction for the benefit of drugs. I define addiction as any behavior that approaches craving, the, uh, the tempers, and with long-term negative consequences, along with an impairment Can't and we understand that. And you can see that there are many more additions in countries that work it for us. We've got to to shopping, to the internet, to the I mean, There's the addition to the power. People are at power, but they want more and more and more. Nothing is think enough for going up uh, Corporations that must want more and more the addition to oil, so world, that leads to the wealth that can provide to be accessible to us by this is a negative consequence on the land. Uh, we're destroying the very earth that we inhabit for the sake of that addiction. But well, these addictions are far more devastating in their social consequences than the cocaine or heroin addicts addictions of my downtown side patient. Yet they're rewarded and considered to be respectable. But the tobacco company executive that shows a higher profit will get a much bigger reward. He doesn't face any negative consequences, legally or otherwise. In fact, he's a respected member of the board of several other corporations. But tobacco smoke, related diseases, kill five and a half million people around the world every year. Uh, in the United States, they kill 400,000 people a year. And these people are addicted to what? To the profit. To such a degree are they addicted that they're actually in denial. About the impact of their uh, activities, which is typical gratitude, denial. And that's a respectable thing. It's respectable to be that they should be no matter what the cost. So, what is acceptable and what is respectable is highly arbitrary in our society. And it seems like the greater the harm, the more respectable it is. There's a general myth that drugs in themselves are addictive such rewards are predicated on the idea that at the end it, if personal drugs, you can do this addiction on it. Now, um, if you understand addiction in a broader sense, you see that nothing is self No substance, no drug, it's just to be self-addicted, and no behavior is self-addicted. Many people go to shopping without being in shop order. Not everybody comes with food addicts. Not everyone who drinks a glass of wine becomes an alcoholic. So the real issue what makes people susceptible? it's the combination of a susceptible individual and a potentially addictive substance of the individual that actually then makes for really the poor flowering of addiction. In short, it's not to draw about the addictive that's it, too custom the susceptibility of individual, the individual, but being addicted to the particular susceptibility of the individual. If understand what that means, some people susceptible, you actually have to look at their life experience and idea, although it's so broadly like actually is that certain
3: life experiences make people susceptible. Life experiences are known shape, expression, uh, personality, and, and psychological needs, but also their very very certainly. and that's what it as a mother who is pregnant. They're children of one and their faith that's been exposed into addiction. And that's because of, uh, development is shaped by the psychological and social environment. So the biology of the disease is very much affected. Liberta <laughs> e-pregnance. <laughs> the plague collection. getting by way of bond circulation. Be a fetus who's starving during that time and your body programs forever after to be really, really, really stingy with your sugar and fat. And, and what you do is you store every bit of it. Be a Dutch hunger with your fetus and half a century later everything else being equal, you are more likely to have high blood pressure obesity
1: or metabolic syndrome. That is environment coming to they're expected ways. You can stress animals in the laboratory when they're pregnant and their offspring will be more likely to cook in an alcoholic adults. You can stress their mothers, for example, in a bridge that that get the appropriate interest in the environment will develop optimally and once ones that woman will either not develop optimally or perhaps not at all. you take a child with perfectly good eyes at first, and you put him in a dark room for five years, then you blind it after him for the rest of his life because the circuits of vision require a light rays for their development. And without that, even the rudimentary circuits present and active at birth will atrophy and die and new ones will not develop. Changes, shape adult behavior. And even and especially early experiences for which there's no recall memory. It turns out that there are two kinds of memory. There is explicit memory, memory of recall, so we can call back fact, details, episodes, circumstances. But the structure in the brain or the hippocampus, which encodes recall memory,
0: which doesn't even begin to
1: develop fully until a year and a half and it's not fully doctor on the why anybody has any memory mm-hmm. prior to 18 months. But there's another kind of memory, which is called implicit memory, which is in fact an emotional memory, where the emotional impact and the interpretation that the child makes of those emotional experiences is ingrained in the brain in the form of nerve circuits ready to fire without specific recall. To give you a clear example, people who are adopted have a lifelong sense of rejection they are. They can't be called the adoption, they can't be called the separation of birth mother, there's nothing there to recall with. But the emotional memory of separation and rejection is indeed embedded in their brain. And they're much more likely to experience a sense of rejection and a great emotional upset when they perceive themselves as being rejected than other people. That's not unique to people who are adopted, but it's very strong them because of this function of implicit memory. People who are addicted, given that they According to all the recent literature, in my experience, the hardcore addicts all, uh, virtually were all uh, significantly abused as children or suffer severe emotional loss. Their emotional and personal damage, are those of a world that's not safe and not, and not helpful, figures are not to be trusted, and relationships that are not uh, safe enough to open up too boldly, and hence their responses tend to be the intimate relationships, not uh, trust the doctors, and other people to try and help them, and generally see the world as a non state. And that's strictly a function of the memory, which sometimes has to do with incidents that don't even recall. Infants who are born premature are often in incubators uh, and they as for gadgeting and for weeks and perhaps months. It's not known that if this children are touched and stroked on the back of just 10 minutes a day, that promotes the brain development. So human touch is essential for development. And in fact, infants who are never picked up will actually die. From that how much of a fundamental need in Here, we've got everything for every year
0: at twice as love. that much of that
1: fundamental need being held based in our society. There's an unfortunate tendency to tell parents not to pick up babies, not to hold them, not to um, uh, pick up babies who are crying for fear of spoiling them or to, to encourage them to sleep through the night if you don't pick them up, which is just the opposite of what the child needs. And these children might go back to sleep if they give up and their brains shut down as do they and the vulnerability of being abandoned, by their parents.
4: But the implicit memory will be that of a world that will A lot of these uh, differences uh, are structured very family in life uh, in the way that, if you like, the parental experience of adversity, how tough life is, or how easy it is, is passed on to children whether through maternal depression or parents being bad tempered with their kids because they had a hard day or just being too tired at the end of the day. And these have very powerful effects uh, programming children's development, which we know lot about children. But that's early sensitivity, it isn't just an evolutionary mistake. It exists again in many different even see things is an early adaptive process of the kind of environment they're growing up in. But for humans, the adaptation is to the quality of social relations. And so uh, early life, how nurturing or how much conflict, how much attention you get, um, is a taster of the kind of world you may be growing up in. Are you growing up in a world where you have to fight for watch, watch your back? Thank you yourself. Why are you growing up in a society where you depend on the psychological, of mutuality, cooperation, where empathy is important, where your security depends on good relations with other And that means a, a very different uh, emotional and cognitive development? And that's what the early sensitivity is about. And parenting is almost, quite unconsciously, a system of passing on that experience children, of children, a kind of world uh,
1: the great British child psychiatrist, E.W. P.W. Winifred, said that fundamentally two things can go wrong in childhood. One is when things happen that shouldn't happen, and then things that should happen but don't. And the first category is the traumatic, and abusive, and abandoned experiences, or my downline citations of you know, many animals. That's what shouldn't happen for kids. But then there is the non-stressed, attuned, non-distracted attention of the parents Very every child. That very often children don't get. They're not abused, they're not neglected, and, and they're not traumatized. But what should happen, the presence of the emotionally available nurturing parents is not available to them because of the stress in our society and the land. in mind. And the psychologist, Alan uh, Stone calls that proximal abandonment. Did you want French toast? Tell yes, please. I want.
0: love okay. French toast. What? I love French toast. Over oh, the last four years of my life,
1: uh, working for the people
3: our
1: society, our okay. and so on, in an attempt to understand what's my I discovered that they must violent of like, criminals had themselves
3: like them victims. Uh, the, the degree of child abuse that was beyond the scale of what i ever thought of as my new child abuse i had no idea of the depth of the depravity with which children in our society are also often treated uh, the most wild people are were themselves the survivors of well, their own attempt like, often at the hands of their parents or other people in their social environment
1: or were the survivors of family members the Buddha argued uh, that everything depends on everything else. He says the one contains the many and the many contains the one. That you can't understand anything in an isolation from its environment. The leaf contains the sun, the sky, and the earth, obviously. Uh, this has not been shown to be true, of course, all around, and specifically when it to human development. Uh, the modern scientific term for it is the biopsychosocial nature of human development, which says that the biology of human beings uh, depends very much on their interaction with the social and psychological environment. And specifically, the psychiatrist and researcher uh, Daniel Siegel at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, is coined the phrase interpersonal neurobiology, which means to say that the way that our nervous system relationships in the first place with the grand figures, and in the second place with other important attachment figures in our lives, and in the third place with our entire culture. So that you can't separate the neurological functioning of a human being from the environment in which he or she grew up in and continues to exist And uh, this is true throughout the life cycle. It's particularly true when you're dependent and helpless, and your brain is developing, this in adults and
4: even at the end of life. Human beings have lived in almost every type kind of society, from uh, the most egalitarian um, hunting and gathering societies to, to be very egalitarian from food and gift exchange
3: small bands of people living predominantly off the porch and, uh, but little bit of hunting predominantly among people we have at the least a million entire life if not surrounded by very cousins or closer in a world in which there is a great deal of fluidity between different groups in a world in which there is not a whole lot in terms of material culture this which is a common history and makes sure for a very different world. One of the things you get as a result of that is far less violence. Organized group violence is not something that occurs in the quite community. So, where did we go wrong? Violence is not symmetrically committed,
0: there is a
3: Huge variation in the amount of violence in different societies. There are some societies that have virtually no violence. There are others that uh, destroy themselves. Some of the uh, Anabaptist religious groups that are complete strict pastors, like the Amish, the Mennonites, the Hutterites, among some of these groups, the Hutterites. Uh, there are no recorded cases of uh, uh during uh, uh, our major war, like World War II, where people would be drafted, they would refuse to serve in the military. They would go to prison for the serve in the military. In the kubutzes in Israel, the level of violence is so low that the criminal courts there will often send violent, offenders, people who committed crimes to live under the system in order to learn how to live a nonviolent life. That's the way people live there. So we are aptly shaped by society. Our societies, in a broader sense, including our theological, our metaphysical, our linguistic influences, etc., our societies help shape us as to whether or not we think life is basically about sin or about beauty, whether the afterlife will carry a price for how we live our lives and if irrelevant in a broad sort of way, different large societies could be termed as individualistic or collectivist, and you get very different people and different mindsets, and I suspect can brain is coming along with that. We in America are in one of the most individualistic of societies, and capitalism is in a system that allows you to go higher and higher up a, a potential pyramid, and the deal is it comes to your, your safety nets, by definition, the more stratified a society is, the fewer people you have as peers, the fewer people with whom you have symmetrical reciprocal relationships, and instead all you have are differing spots and endless of hierarchies. And a world in which you have few reciprocal partners is a world with a lot less altruism.
1: certain human needs. The only way that you can talk about human nature completely is by recognizing that there are certain human needs. We have a human need for companionship and for post contact, to be loved, to be attached to, to be accepted, to be seen, to be received for who we are. If those needs are met, we will figure and into people who are compassionate and cooperative and who are empathy for other people. So, the opposite uh, that we often see in our society is in fact a distortion of human nature precisely because so few people have their needs met. So, yes, you can talk about human nature, but only in a sense of basic human needs that are instinctively low, Or I should say human needs that lead to certain traits if they are met in a different set of traits if they are when we recognize the fact that the human
2: organism, which has a great deal of adaptive flexibility allowing us to survive in many different conditions, is also rigidly programmed for certain environmental requirements or human needs, a social imperative begins to emerge. Just as our bodies require physical nutrients, the human brain demands a positive form of environmental stimulus at all stages of development. Well while also needing to be detected from other negative sources. And if things that should happen do not, or if things that shouldn't happen do, it is now apparent that the door can be opened for not only a cascade of mental and physical diseases, but many detrimental human behaviors as well. So as we turn our perspective now outward and take account of the state of affairs suggests, we must ask the question, Is the condition we have created in the modern world actually supporting our health? Is the bedrock of our socioeconomic system acting as a positive force for human and social development and progress? Or is the foundational gravitation of our society actually going against the core evolutionary requirements needed to create and maintain our personal and social well-being?